myself. My name is Bond. James Bond is looking at you, kid. The force will be with you always. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. You're gonna need a bigger boat. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Where shall I go? What shall I do? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. Backlot review in big Russo Brothers font. <laughs> Miami, Florida. Miami. Come, wait, 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 wait. We, we're gonna dox ourselves. Oh shit! Fuck. We're dox ourselves. We're in we're in Saint Petersburg, Saint <laughs> Petersburg, Florida. And then we cut, and it's two guys recording a podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Backlot Review, an official part of the Backlot Podcast Network. I'm your host, Steven Saria, and I'm joined by co-host John Keg. John, what's up? No. But Don't you mean? Nope. Nope. <laughs> wow. Um, You've been practicing that one, huh? <laughs> I've just saw, I just saw that guy on TikTok again for like the first time in months. <laughs> I missed him so much. <laughs> What was his name again? <laughs> I don't remember. He was a football. He was an NFL player, though, right? Yeah, I think he was. Guys, uh, guy was, was spicy? an overnight sensation. <laughs> uh, so, kind of big episode today. We're gonna be talking about Jordan Peele's newest film, Nope. We're gonna be talking about the Russo brothers' Gray Man, hence the little troll, stupid little troll at the beginning of the episode. And I want to talk about Sea Beast, a new Netflix original that I watched last night or two nights ago. I can't remember when. So Everything's a blur. Everything is a blur, brother. Static. So then I guess we might as well just jump right in. Now, we got hit up by a few people to talk about San Diego Comic-Con since it was much better bigger than we were expecting i think however we decided that if we were to talk about these three films and san diego comic-con this episode would be like three hours long so to avoid that um we're gonna film these two episodes sort of back to back and release them both on uh, staggered sort of releases so yeah that's what's going on i guess let's yeah let's get uh, right into it so I'm going to give as much of a spoiler-free review for Nope as I can. John, you haven't seen this film yet, so if you have any questions or spoiler-free questions, go ahead and feel free to ask, and I'll try to answer them without giving anything besides vague plot deals away. Yeah, like, let me ask you, because I I truthfully, like, you know what's what's funny is you've probably noticed it at uh at AMC but like they were showing the nope trailer like twice behind him I watched the movie and they showed the yeah I can't was it Thor? It might have been Thor. I feel like it was a movie I saw very recently that it showed the nope trailer I'm almost literally back to back. Yeah, it was it was very unusual but um the reason I'm bringing that up though is because Although I've seen the trailers, I like kind of like half paid attention to it because I like to, you know, I I feel like I've kind of 
want to go into these Jordan Peele movies with like a fresh mind, you know? I feel like that's probably the best way to do it, even though I've heard that the trailers really don't show anything. Um, but, uh, you know, I've tried to avoid them. So let me ask you, like, does this movie, like, it, like, does it have a lot of little different plot twists and stuff like that that I should be, like, cautious about seeing online? As far as plot twists go, I don't think that there's anything that happens in the movie that's sort of like on like a sixth sense uh, sort of level. Yeah. However, there were certain directions the film went in that I was not expecting that the trailer sort of cleverly hides. And I think it makes for a better viewing experience the less you know about this movie going into it. Okay. I'm... I'm definitely, you know, like, I, I was sad that I couldn't go see it, um, you know, before the recording of this podcast. Um, just been super busy, but I uh, I definitely plan to go see it in the next week or two. Um, you know, Jordan Peele is a hell of a filmmaker. I mean, you could probably agree to that. This guy's actually, you know, he's a comedic genius, but the movies that he makes are, like, suspenseful and... and thought-provoking um so it's like one of those things that i want to make sure i watch in the movie theater before it you know it hits streaming services yeah this is definitely a movie that should be seen on a big screen like the biggest screen possible i watched it in dolby and it was a great experience it was loud it was big the theater was pretty packed uh the crowd was really into the movie but not like annoying like for like marvel movies and stuff like that <laughs> so I they would, say a punchline you can't hear the rest of the plot for 10 minutes yeah like daniel Kaluuya comes out and everybody's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i definitely recommend watching this on a big screen if possible okay let me ask, before i like let you dive into the review let me ask you one more thing obviously mm-hmm. this is more of a question for me but there are people out there that have similar mindsets that that than i do um you know, Jordan Peele's movies are listed as horror movies, um, but I don't think that they really qualify as horror. I think they're more thrillers than anything. Um, you know, and I'm talking about Get Out, Get Out, and um, and Us. Is that the other one? Yeah. Um, is this one like? Is it? Is it more like? Is this more of a horror movie than the other two, or is this like not a horror movie at all? Is it just a thriller? Like, how would you like best describe what it is? So. It's tricky because everybody has a sort of different threshold for horror, just like comedy. Everybody finds, everybody has, you know, their tastes in comedy. Um, Everybody else has, there's different things that make people scared. I will go ahead and say that I think this movie is a fine entryway for people who are weary of going into horror because... They don't like the genre because the movie is not overly scary. It's tense. It's very tense in some moments. In particular, there's two scenes that come to head or that come to mind off the top of my head that were expertly crafted in building tension and raising the stakes and raising tension. But there's no real horror elements like, for example, in a movie like The Conjuring or hereditary or the witch 
we actually, I watched it with a friend who does not like horror films, and she left, and she was like, you know, that wasn't really scary at all. She, you know, it really enjoyed her experience. So I think this is like a good, I think it's a good mix of not being too outright horror in your face, jump scare scary, but also supplying a lot of tension and thrills. Yeah, okay. So are there jump scares at all? There might be like one. Oh, okay. Like off the top of my head that can that I can remember, there might be like one of them. It's funny because like I, I like I am not a fan of horror. Like and the only reason why I'm not a fan of horror, I like horror stories. And if a, if a movie's that good, I will go see it. Um But more than anything, it's the jump scares that like prevent me from seeing certain movies like i just like I, I don't know what it is i can't do jump scares like especially in a movie theater you know when everything is blazing loud and bright as shit um um but like i love horror stories that's why like i kind of want to see if i like can dive into the genre a little more um and maybe build a little bit of a tolerance for it <laughs> if i don't know how else to put that um but I definitely agree with you. I think all of Jordan Peele's movies are actually good starters for getting into, you know, horror thrillers. Yeah, and horror, he's gone on record and saying that horror has always been his passion. It's always been his favorite genre, even when he was a comedian. And it really, you could really tell just how much he loves the genre because it really seeps into the film. And now that, you know, now that we're having this conversation, there is actually one jump scare in the movie that got me. That got me good, actually. But it's not a cheap jump scare. Like, sometimes, you know, you watch, like, horror movies and the jump scares feel, like, kind of, like, weak. Kind of, like, fake, like, and unearned. This one actually kind of got me because it the scene was so expertly crafted that I was literally could only think about, wow, this is, like, like visionary filmmaking type shit. And then the jump scare just really? yeah, and then the jump scare just sort of like caught me so off guard. It like kind of brought me back to reality. That's that's interesting. That's uh, that's exciting. I actually I really want to go see what you're talking about now because, you know, like I I totally agree. Like having like if you can like craft the jump scares, perfectly. Like obviously like I'm terrified of that shit, but I can appreciate a good jump scare. Like I thought Black Phone had a few like you know like maybe one or two like pretty good. Uh, jump scares um, and that's just like something that comes to my mind like a recent movie that I've seen um, and uh, you know Jordan Peele I think like you said like he's this is his passion like you're starting to really see him come out uh, and, and, and become one of the best directors in, in Hollywood right now I think he's probably one of the most unique in my opinion in terms of blockbuster like putting butts in seats in my opinion he's top three most unique filmmakers probably along with like nolan and i'm struggling to think of a third name maybe spielberg but spielberg is more of sort of like the old guard and maybe denis villeneuve okay i would i would put probably put jordan peele in that in that like upper echelon of like not up and comers but you know not people like spielberg um and like Martin Scorsese or Tarantino, for example, more like recent-ish filmmakers. That's interesting. Yeah. Um. So to talk a little bit, you have any other questions? Like before I start talking about the movie a little bit. No, no, no. Get into it. So I was a big fan of Get Out, 
back when it was released in 2016, I think, 2016, 2017. Huge fan of Get Out. I've always been a fan of Jordan Peele back from his, uh, Key and Peele, of Jordan Peele back from his Key and Peele days. I always thought he was a great sort of comedic voice and talent. And then I was listening to a podcast with him where he talks about how his passion had always been horror. And it kind of like struck me as as a little odd because, you know, it feels like such a big tonal shift. You know, this guy who was known for his comedy is talking about how he loves Hitchcock and whatnot. So I was like, okay, it's pretty interesting. And then Get Out came out and Get Out is excellent. Get Out is is a genius movie, very, very well written, uh, expertly shot. I loved it. I wasn't as big a fan of Us, his follow-up movie. I think 2019 it came out. But I could appreciate the sort of inventiveness uh, behind it. But it's funny that you say that because, like, I like while I like both movies a lot, I, I think they're both fantastic. I I don't know why, but I prefer Us over Get Out, and I think they're both genius movies. I like Us, but I think Get Out is better, to be honest. And that's that's a common opinion. I know mine's a little bit more uh, different. Yeah, I think Us kind of like falls apart a little bit in the second half. The first half is really, really, really good. And I think it sort of loses its legs a little bit, but it's still a good movie. And, and you, know, you know what I want to also add real quick? that just And this is just for me seeing Us and, and Get Out. I mean, you could probably talk more on it, um, you know, that you've seen Nope. But I feel like Jordan Peele also does a great job getting a very good performance out of his actors. Because I'm just thinking about... Lupita and Winston Duke and, and a lot of these people that he's worked with before and he has gotten some ridiculously good scenes with these actors. Oh yeah, yeah. He he definitely knows how to get the most out of his actors. And you see that a lot in Nope, which I I, I wanna get to. So I liked Get I loved Get Out. I liked Up. So Up, I had high expectations. Star? up <laughs> yeah and ratatouille his take on ratatouille <laughs> where ratatouille uh ratatouille where remy like kills uh jeez why are all the why am i why am i fucking up names and what's wrong with me <laughs> yeah, i think you just need to go to sleep <laughs> we'll finish this tomorrow <laughs> so i liked us i love get out i had high expectations coming into nope the previews certainly caught my attention and Jordan Peele sort of coming into this movie, there were some conversations online about him potentially like being the next M. Night Shyamalan in the sense that he couldn't fill the shoes uh, that sort of people were, you know, setting for him, which was kind of crazy to me because Nope was kind of receiving not mixed reviews, but it was a little bit underwhelming for some people. And people were already setting up Jordan Peele as this, like, oh, you know, he's the next M. Night Shyamalan. He made this great, amazing movie, and he can't, he will never live up to that. And I always thought it was a little bit crazy. So I went into this movie not really knowing much about the plot because the trailer doesn't really give too much away. All I knew was, or all that I had assumed was, this is probably going to involve, in some way, shape, or form, uh, extraterrestrial life, based off what I saw from the trailers. So I sit in this movie and 
the sort of visionary inventiveness of Jordan Peele, I think, in this movie, I think is on, like, some Christopher Nolan-level type shit. Really? I Yeah, I really, really enjoyed this film. I don't think it's as good as Get Out, but I personally enjoyed it more than Get Out, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And obviously, I, you probably found it better than us as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. I, I thought I think it's better than us. I really, really, really love this movie from the opening scene to the closing scene. I think it has an incredibly strong leading actors. Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer are amazing. Stephen Yeun is amazing. Uh, Jordan Peele really, in my opinion, I think is sort of approaching that master of his craft sort of status. I know some people may make better films than him from a like from a certain filmmaking perspective and storytelling and authorship, but Jordan Peele when it comes to making summer blockbusters is like a mix is like in that mix between Steven Spielberg and an Alfred Hitchcock where he can take these grand visions and grand schemes and and ideas and make them into such a tense and suspenseful and impactful horror setting in a way that is very, very reminiscent to Jaws. And I think if anyone has seen this movie and is listening to this, they can see the resemblance and similarities that I'm talking about. Because I was watching this film and I was thinking, this is modern day Jaws. This is a modern day Steven Spielberg Jaws film. That's a, that's a big uh, take. Yeah, I don't think... It's hard to explain because I don't think the movie is as good as Jaws. I think Jaws is one of the greatest films of all time. Yeah, definitely. And I don't think Nope is one of the greatest films of all time. But I'm talking from a purely spectacle and creative vision. And implementing that vision and executing it, I think it Nope deserves to be talked in that way. I think the story has its issues and the script has its issues, especially in the third act. I think some things sort of fall apart i think that there's a storyline again no spoilers i think there's a storyline in the film that could be handled a little bit better and that is what keeps me from you know praising this film um even more but from a pure visionary filmmaking execution standpoint in terms of like a blockbuster i think that this film is so important in my opinion like i don't this is i'm telling you this is like a christopher nolan idea brought to life and it's jordan peele i think this movie is great again it has its weaknesses but it's carried by incredible performances an incredible idea that is borderline horrifying and it takes some twists and turns that i wasn't expecting but i was very very pleasantly surprised by I I really liked it. I, I really like this film. I suggest that everybody go watch it. If Even if you don't like horror, again, like I said earlier, I think this is a good entry point into the genre because it's not really scary. It's more tense and suspenseful. But I think just the spectacle behind it deserves to be seen by everybody in a movie theater. 
and that's yeah, my that's, honest opinion. That's a th- that's a big that's a big uh, you know you made some big t- like you had some big takes. I don't know how else to put that, um, but it, it like it sounds really fucking good the way that you have described this movie. It is very good. I know a lot of people sort of compare uh, Jordan Peele to Alfred Hitchcock. I know Hitchcock is one of his favorite filmmakers. And I can definitely see the resemblance. I think when making horror films, a lot of directors uh, and a lot of editors and a lot of writers don't really use tension and building tension to their advantage as much as they could they sort of build up to a jump scare and then the jump scare sort of happens and all the effort is made into the actual scare rather than building on this feeling of like dread slash like borderline like wonder uh that really hitchcock was a master of and i think peel is a master of doing that in in this blockbuster sort of way like this blockbuster spectacle sort of way and I think it really shines in Nope. That's, you know, the way that you put that, um, I actually, like, it's interesting the way you worded that, you know, how a lot of filmmakers nowadays, and or not even nowadays, just over time, the past hundred years, um, they do build up to that moment for, for the jump scare, and then everything just kind of dwindles away, like, and you know, they continue on with the story, and I have noticed that Jordan Peele is very good at, at capitalizing on that tension like you said um which is huge i it's it's probably one of the hardest things to do in horror i would imagine if you're creating a story like like any of these stories like i i I don't even know (laughs) how i don't know the science behind it how do you get that good at at building the tension up and then keeping it there you know so there's two ways uh that i like to sort of explain basically the quote-unquote science or the magic behind uh, tension and scares. So one way is basically imagine you take like a balloon or a rubber band and you sort of uh, you, you stretch the rubber band as much as you can. You try to make it as thin or as wide as you can until literally the point of no return where the rubber band snaps. Now while you're pulling on that band... You don't know when it's going to break. You don't know what's going to cause it to break. You don't know you don't know the timing of it and that sort of sense of like of like dread like is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? When is it going to happen? Sort of like you know builds and builds and builds until the rubber band snaps. And then once it snaps, you know it's sort of like all over like oh, okay, that happened. And it sort of washes away. And the way that Hitchcock liked to explain it is real tension and real horror comes from the building of I guess sort of the inevitable something that like the characters don't know the example he likes to use is the tension of for example this let's say that two characters are sitting at a table um, and there's a bomb underneath the table the audience knows that the bomb is going to go off eventually the characters don't so the whole ordeal is you know when is the bomb going to go off the bomb is ticking these characters don't know are they going to find out when is it going to explode but then once it explodes that's it it's over the tension is gone and then you have to start all over again some directors don't really know how to capitalize off of that building and breaking point and they sort of either rush into a jump scare too quickly too late 
or the effort is put more into the scare itself than the actual building of the tension because that's really what people are scared of. Yeah, it's like the firing of a gun. You're not, you know, once the gun is fired, that's it. It's over. But Peel, in my opinion, on these big, you know, turn on these big stages on this with all of the spectacle, does such a great job of really stretching that tension as much as he could and adding layers to it. You know, there's layers to this sort of fear because we're experiencing things from different characters' perspectives at the same time. It's, it really, it's honestly, it's borderline masterful. Like, he really, if he could have gotten the writing down just a little bit better for this film, I don't know if it would be my favorite film of the year, but it would certainly be in my top three. Like 100%. 100%. That's interesting, man. That's really interesting. He's, uh, you know, it's, 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 you know, what I like about seeing, like, with his career um, is it sounds as if, like I said, I haven't seen the movie, but it sounds as if his filmmaking experience is just constantly growing and he's like learning new things um you know i would be very interested to see what jordan peele could do like 10 years from now you know like what type of horror movie can he make with everything that he has learned from his past three movies or and and more i think his next film whatever it's gonna be I think I, I'm really excited for it, man. I think he has... I, I don't even want to say he has a promising career because he's already, like... You know, it's not like he's a rookie. But, man, he... Like, I'm so excited to see what he does next. Morbius too. Okay, that would be fire. Honestly, if they let him do a Morbius movie, I would not be... Like, I would be excited for it, you know? Like, if they just, like... But, like, not Jared Leto. Someone else. <laughs> Like Daniel Kaluuya, bring him back for the third time. <laughs> I'm down. I'm I'm down, man. I'm down. <laughs> so, or Blade. I, I don't want. Yeah, or Blade. Yeah. Well, I think they already have a director for Blade. That would be insane if they got him for Blade, though. Can you imagine that? That would. Be that's nuts. like that's like some Marvel fanboy, you know, fan fan casting or fan whatever, <laughs> like in me coming out. But um, I kind of hope he doesn't touch anything comic book related. Yeah, so basically that's my review for Nope. I'm not going to get into spoilers because obviously you haven't seen it, so I'm not going to spoil anything for you. But I highly, highly recommend it. I What ranking do I have this on my in my 2022 list, actually? I think I have this, like, maybe fifth, I think. Like, my fifth. Oh, no, I actually have it as my... Wow, I actually have it as my seventh favorite film of the year right now, but it might go up. Okay, I mean, I I, I know that you're similar to me. Like when it gets towards the end of the year, we like to. Oh, I'm always changing my list around. Yeah, just change it up a little bit. Um, you know, that's probably the best way to do it because you know sometimes a lot of the movies and like a lot of Jordan Peele movies, you have to like let it marinate. You have to let it sit. You know, you have to think about it and. You know, your opinion will either get will will get better. Uh, your opinion on the movie will get better, or you may not like it as much the more you sit on it. But 
I think with Jordan Peele, for the most part, the common thing is that if you sit on it, you tend to like his movie more and more. Yeah, and you know, having it as my seventh favorite film of the year is not a knock on the movie at all. I th- actually think that this year has been a particularly strong year for movies so far. Oh no, this has been a very I, I totally agree. This has been a very good year um in terms of of film. Like it's 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 I know people are very weird about it. Like there hasn't been t- too many huge blockbusters, you know. There's been like Batman, No Way Home. Well, that was technically last year. Um, Top Gun. Top Gun. There hasn't been like anything huge other than those two three movies um but there I mean, you have like thor doctor strange yeah but like I'm just i don't know if like, you'd count general, elvis like, lightyear there's been some very very good movies like that people haven't seen like that you know i'm hoping us talking about will make people go see everything everywhere all at once um the northman oh yeah uh, there's been some very good films that have come out this year that um you know I'm 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 and I'm excited to see the rest. You know, there's there's still some very very good movies that are yet that have yet to be released this year. So oh, yeah. I I I'm hoping that Nope stays in your top ten. I'm hoping that it makes it to my top ten. I'm sure it will. Um, but I'm glad to hear that, man. It sounds it sounds really good. Yeah, very good. So I think what better way to talk about a movie that was so good. By following it up with a movie that's not as good, in, in my opinion. I don't know how you feel. I actually haven't looked at your review for it yet. So why don't we talk about The Gray Man? Netflix is uh, The Gray Man. Yeah, highly anticipated by, um, by you know, Ryan Gosling fans, Chris Evans Me. fans, Russo Brothers fans, um, action movie buffs. You know, there's people that, that have been excited for this. I was... I was excited for this movie. I, um, you know, I like a good action flick. I know you're very, very much the same, and we like our Mission Impossible and, um, um, you know, movies like that. That we, we like to get our James Bond action. Oh, absolutely! I in. love my Jason Bourne, John Wick. Jason Bourne, John Wick, exactly. So you know, the great and hearing like before the Gray Man um, came out this past weekend, um, you know, there was a lot of hype behind it because you have a pretty all-star cast. I mean, you have Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Anna de Armas, uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton, yeah. Uh, you know, Jessica Henwick, who's who's actually a really good actor. I know many people don't, uh, you know, they're not too familiar with her work, but she's a very good actress. Um, you know, it has a very good cast, and I was very excited about it, and, you know, there was talk about sequels and spinoffs. Um, so, when that, when Buzz is generating around a movie like that before it's even released... The first thing that comes to mind is like, well, oh, this movie's about to be a banger. It's it's this movie's gonna is gonna be incredible, um, and you know I think you and I ha- felt the same about it. Um, and I, I guess we'll just kind of get into the review from that. <laughs> um, the movie's not <laughs> very much a banger at all. I think it's a pretty average action movie. Um, in fact, I think the best parts of the movie are probably like Ryan Gosling's character and Chris Evans is acting a little bit. I think that they were like able to let Chris Evans um have fun with the role. You know, like you could tell that oh, Chris he was Evans, having so much fun. 
Yeah, you could tell that he likes playing the villain, you know, because like, he's been doing that a couple times. You know, Sp- Scott Pilgrim c- comes to mind, um, Knives Out, um, this. Th- there might be another movie I'm missing, but you could tell that he likes playing the villain. Um, other than those two, it's not much going for this movie. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good way to put it. I, for Letterbox, I posted a review saying... Um, Russo brothers going to Netflix and saying, hey, what if we made Mission Impossible but less interesting? Netflix was like, here's $200 million. <laughs> Honestly. Because really... Yeah. And then I, I was looking at Letterboxd reviews and I saw someone say uh, the bored identity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I thought, damn, this is pretty good. It, it really is. It's like a cheap knockoff. Yeah, it's like a cheap knockoff and it's like, damn. Like, I like the Russo brothers, but... Their track record after, you know, post-Endgame has not been great, man. Cherry, I think Cherry was probably my lowest-reviewed film of last year. I do not think Cherry is a good movie. No, Cherry is... is, is and we reviewed that on the podcast, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, yeah, that movie's dog shit. It was dog it's shit. not good. I, I actually, like... And it's funny, because it's like I feel kind of similar, in a sense. And I think The Gray Man is a lot better of a movie than Cherry, but... Um, in the sense of like, I thought that they got a very good performance out of Tom Holland and Cherry. I mean, I don't know if you agree, but I think that yes. might be one of the best performances he's ever given. Um, you know, he was very good in The Impossible, which when he was like twelve or eleven years old. Um, it's a fantastic movie, by the way. If no one's ever seen it, I think it's on Netflix. Um, but you know, they got a great performance out of Tom Holland, but it was like kind of ruined. Um, you know. Just not, and I don't want to talk about Cherry too much, but it's like they don't, they can't like find their footing right right now. Like you know, Cherry had a lot of slow scenes, a lot of questionable shots. It just dragged, man. Dragged, and in the Gray Man, it's it, it's while it's a lot more fast paced. There's I still leave the movie with the same concerns where I'm like, why would they shoot this like that? Why did you know? Why did this scene look like this? You know what I mean? It's it's really weird. And I don't know if you feel the same way, but the Gray Man, like, it was it is the one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. Because I know that they had like a two hundred million dollar budget, but it was like the cheapest, most expensive movie I've ever seen. <laughs> is that the is like do you get what I'm trying to say? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, because I literally thought that while I was watching the movie, like there were scenes where the CGI was so bad, and I was like, there's no way this cost $200 million. Yeah, but then there's other scenes like where I'm like, oh, that actually looked pretty cool. Like, that's, you know, it looked real. I don't know. <laughs> like, it, it might have been real. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the first this one scene that comes to mind, which I'm not giving a spoiler away, is like, I mean, it's not even the CGI, it's just the way it was shot and everything, but like the scene where they're falling out of the plane. Oh my God. God, that scene was dog that shit. Might that be literally the, gave me a headache. Dude, yes. That might be one of the worst, like... That's one of the worst staged action sequences I have ever seen. Yeah, I, I don't even know how else to put it. It's, it's, I, I'm not, it's, oh man, it's actually up there with one of the worst scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Um, just have like, you seen that, have you seen that clip of Liam Neeson in Taken 3 where it's like, it takes him 13 cuts to like climb jump a fence? Jump a fence, yes. Yeah, that's literally what it reminded me of. Yes, it, it it does, and it it really disappoints me because we know how good the Russo brothers can be, um, and I don't I don't know what it is that because they have Feige up their ass. 
I that maybe that's what it is, but like like Winter Soldier, fantastic movie. Civil War, a really really strong, really good comic book movie. Infinity War, arguably a top three, top five comic book movie, and then Avengers Endgame is a really well crafted uh, final chapter, you know, if you will. Even and the paintball episodes of of Community are are great. Yes, and they've done a fantastic job with Community. Um, you know, I, I haven't even seen all the Community all the way through. I've only seen bits and pieces of that show. You showed it's really good. And just knowing that, like, they were, you know, the ones that were kind of crafting that entire uh, uh, show, it's just, like, weird to me like, to see that Cherry and the Gray Man are just not performing. And in, in, I don't know if you know, but, like, you know they're supposed to be doing the live-action Hercules movie, like, for Disney. Because you know Isn't how Disney's it? remaking everything. No, I think uh, pretty sure Guy Ritchie's directing Hercules. I'll double check right now while we're. I'm like ninety percent sure it's Guy Ritchie. Then maybe they're a part of it. They maybe they're producing maybe they're producing. But the fact that they're attached to that, which like I don't know about you, I love the cartoon of of Hercules. Like, can I say something? What? I th- I love Hercules, but I think it's a pretty overrated Disney movie. Oh, it's absolutely overrated. Like I love that movie, but people talk about it like it's this like masterpiece and No, uh, it not. is absolutely not. But it's 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 the same as like a comic book movie where like it has its like very fun. It has the iconic moments. performances. Hades is my favorite Disney villain ever. Yeah, he's great. I love Hades. But you know, it's no masterpiece. But I get what you're saying. I mean, I don't know, man. I I don't know what it is. This movie was I love Ryan Gosling. He's probably my favorite actor. Oh, absolutely. Like, I have to think about it, but, like, if you ask me the question, nine times out of ten, the first words out of my mouth will be Ryan Gosling. Yeah, he's 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 one of the best actors in our of our generation. Like, no no debate. I don't I don't even want to get into this with anybody. The guy's track record is is insane. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think he really makes up. He made up most of my enjoyment in the, of this film, to be honest. And Chris Evans was great. He did a great job sort of chewing up on the scenery and hamming it up to 100. But the movie was just boring, man. The action sequences, some of them were cool, but the majority of them were poorly shot, poorly edited. There's a lot of smoke everywhere, so you can't even really see oh anything. Oh, my God. Even, like, the beginning of the movie with the fireworks and shit. Yeah, it's, it's like, what they the fuck had is all going this... on? And, dude, like, I was, like, watching the beginning of that movie, and I'm like, wow, if they removed the smoke or, like, just reduced that effect a little bit, this would be a very beautiful-looking shot yeah. with the fireworks in the background, cool, yeah. the different colors and shit. Yeah, so, like, it, it makes no sense. And then... Like, the villains were all super dumb. The two main villains, besides, like, Chris Evans' character, um, you know, the ones working for this government agency, are, like, not really built upon at all. And, like, it's like there's, like, sequel bait at the end. I don't know, man. It was boring. I didn't hate it, to be quite honest. I know I'm, like, kind of, like, ripping this movie, but I didn't yeah, hate too. it because it's Ryan Gosling and he's punching people and being funny, so it's impossible for me to hate it. But it definitely could have been more, especially considering we get shit like Mission Impossible and we just got stuff like Top Gun. And there's no real reason for an action movie, especially from people like the Russo brothers, the second highest grossing directors of all time. After only Steven Spielberg, 
There's no reason why these people, why these guys should be making such a boring movie. Like, yeah. There's really no reason. There's no reason. They're they're no. way too talented for that. Exactly. Like the, it's just it like that's the thing that bothers me the most because we've seen like you know, you can shit talk Marvel and comic book movies all you want. You know, I get it. They are the junk food of of film. I mean, that's the best way to put that. But to 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 be able to create a movie like Infinity War and have, you know, what, 30 main characters, um, you know, and juggle them around for two and a half hours and have some some of the best action scenes that we've ever seen in a comic book movie. Like, you know, you would think that these guys were destined for greatness. Like, the fact that they were able to conquer this feat. Um, you know, if you were to tell any director, hey, we have 30 characters that were main characters from these other movies, and they're all coming together to fight this big bad guy and you need to make a movie about it in two and a half hours dude like no one wants to take that job and yeah. they they did it so you know the fact that like that netflix got behind them and they threw 200 million dollars at them to create the gray man you know there's a lot of hype going around it and it just it doesn't hit man it just it's it's disappointing and like there's just things about, about uh, that's that's bothers me like the cinematography and i i don't want to shit on a lot of these crew members because i don't know what happened behind the scenes with this movie like maybe i don't know maybe like netflix just sucks at at <laughs> at hiring the right people or whatever but there was a lot of things that like you know a lot of action shots where the camera like tilts a certain way like i don't know if there was like that if you remember that one scene in the movie i think it happened towards the end where like i think chris evans may have tackled him or something and like the camera like falls with them like as they get to the floor. I don't know if you remember this shot. But it was like no. It was like an interesting like I think that they were trying to experiment a little too much with this movie and trying to see what they can get away with, but it was like little things like that that I noticed and picked up on really quickly and I was like, "Ugh, like that just didn't look like appealing to the eye." Um so a lot of stupid ass drone shots. Oh my god, how many drone shots are in this fucking movie? I was like, bro, why is so many? Did they just discover drones? Yeah, like I think we saw a drone shot of that castle thing at the end of the movie like ten times. <laughs> Dude, they showed it a bunch. <laughs> like every single time they transitioned to a new scene, here's another drone shot. <laughs> and they love their big fonts, man. They really do. Oh, they love those those fucking big ass fonts. I swear, I think every movie they've done has has big fonts. No, Cherry. literally every single one of them. The yeah, Marvel Cherry, movies. Infinity War, Civil War. I don't know about Winter Soldier, Endgame. Winter Soldier, I'm pretty sure has it. Yeah, they 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 have a thing for that big ass fonts. <laughs> like introducing like a location, like London. The best, honestly, the best one is is Civil War when they show Queens. And you oh yeah, 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 yeah. That that always gets me hype. Always. Yeah, that's that 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 one. I'll give them. You know, <laughs> that was a very very good big font, but um. Yeah, no, it's it's funny just like how we like can pick up on their their stylistic, you know, choices that they make in these films. But yeah, Gray Man was just um you know, it's one of those movies where if you want to kind of like turn your brain off a little bit and watch an action film with Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans who are very um, you know, good actors, they're nice to look at <laughs> and to Armis. 
you know, she's she, very good looking cast. Very good looking cast. You know, and actually, Anna de Armas didn't even have that much to do. I feel like this was her role from James Bond, like all she's, over again. This is her basically saying, "Please give me a spy movie already, please, for the love of God." Yeah, like maybe they make a spinoff of her character. I don't know. There wasn't, um, there wasn't enough of her, but like, I don't even know if the story required it. Yeah, I don't think so. But this is just basically literally her saying, please give me my own spy movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything else to say. Boring movie. Not great. Watchable, though. It's it's watchable. Gosling is good. And I would honestly recommend it if you have, like, two and a half hours to kill and you want to watch, like, a dumb sort of action movie. It's yeah. pretty average. I think I rated it like a two and a half out of five on Letterboxd. I think that's pretty fair. Yeah, I rated it a two and a half out of five. I saw that Cherry was rated a 2.8. Um, and Grayman is also rated a 2.8. Like the average rating uh, on Letterboxd out of five. And I think that is uh, being a little too generous for those two films. Um, but, you know, I think some people liked it uh, a lot more than we did. And... Um, it's one of those movies that, like, I feel like it was made for, you know, like an older dad or some shit where they're just, like, on the couch and they're just like, bro, I need to watch something, like, before I fall asleep. And they'll just put something on and that's what they find on Netflix. Oh, it's one yeah, of those for movies. sure. Yeah. Um, so before we we wrap up really quick, I just want to talk about The Sea Beast, which is another Netflix production. This is from the same studio that made... Spider Verse and the Mitchell and the Machines. Oh, nice! That's a yeah, very yeah, yeah. Studio. yeah. This is yeah. This is a brand new film, uh, directed by Chris Williams. He is the guy who directed Big Hero Six and Bolt. He was a writer and animator for uh, Walt Disney for a long time. He worked on Moana. He worked on Mulan. Uh, he has a bunch of really good credits. This is the first film he directs. And I put this on not really expecting much, not really expecting anything. I just saw that it was recently released. And I really, really enjoyed this movie. The animation is amazing, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to bring it up. That water animation might be some of the best like 3D animation I have ever seen. Like lifelike really? realism type shit. Oh my god. It was like absurd. I could not believe what I was looking at at points. It was like so... And it caught me so off guard because I didn't really know anything about this. I I just turned it on and I was like, what the hell? So basically, this movie is like if you took How to Train Your Dragon, but you replaced the dragons with like sea monsters and Pirates of the Caribbean. Or Caribbean, however the fuck you pronounce it. (laughs) And... Honestly, it's a lot like more like How to Train Your Dragon with pirates. But, you know, it's a trope that's been done a million times. Uh, Carl Urban voices uh, one of the main characters. Really? Yeah, I did not know that. He started talking, and I was like, what the hell? That's that's good to hear. I'm a big fan. We're big fans of Carl Urban over here. Yeah, he was actually supposed to be on the episode. He was, we were going to talk about it together, but he couldn't make it last minute. <laughs> it's all good. Next yeah. time. So I I really 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 enjoyed it. I, I really recommend it uh, to everybody. It really is like a How to Train Your Dragon clone, but the animation is so like spectacularly good. It was a little off putting at first, 
in terms of like character models, but I got used to it pretty quickly. And it's a great movie. Jared Harris is in it as well. I, I really recommend it. Jared it's Harris like, is a very good actor that doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah, he's he's great. Uh, I de- and I again, I really recommend this movie. It's on Netflix. It's an animated film you can watch with your kids. It's rated PG if you have kids and you're listening to this, or if you just like animation, or just movies in general. I really recommend this. I recommend it more than I would recommend The Gray Man, to be honest. Oh, so definitely give it a watch. That's the Sea Beast on Netflix. Yeah, no, I'm 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 interested, man. Like you, you kind of sold me on this movie. And, um, it's good. You'd like it. You like it. It's really good. I'll definitely check that out. Um, it's like yeah, a little over two hours. Oh, perfect, perfect. Yeah. I like I like when movies aren't four hours long. Um, you know, before we wrap to you, I'll I'll also bring up the um. I should be tomorrow. If not, if I'm not um. After work, I might go watch the uh, DC League of Super Pets or whatever. Um, Crypto, the Super Dog, you know that movie <laughs> that they're making with The Rock. Dude, I'm interested in seeing because the, the reviews have been pretty damn good for that movie. I know. I don't know why it's funny. It's it is it's dude. It's hilarious. But the reviews have been very good for the movie. Are they actually? Yes. It's like it has like an 85 percent. I think. Um, oh and my I, God. I was reading some of the reviews on Twitter, and. People are like, yo, like, this has a good story. It has, you know, the characters are great. Kevin Hart and The Rock are hilarious. Um, Kevin Hart and The Rock? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen this one before. What the fuck? I need, to, I need to look this up. Like, Keanu Reeves is playing Batman. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have not heard about this. Yeah, I mean, man, I heard about the movie, but I didn't know that like these actors were in it. Dude, John Krasinski is playing Superman in it. Like they have like an all star cast, low key. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. And we um, still can't get Henry Cavill back as Superman. No, and we'll you know I don't want to get into that. I want. Yeah, talk we'll talk about, about that. that. We'll talk about that in in, in the in the we, next episode. Yeah, the next episode we'll we'll get into that a little bit. But yeah, no DC Luke, League of Super Pets. Um, you know I'm I might see it after work tomorrow. So maybe when we record our Comic Con podcast, maybe I'll give a little quick review about it. Um. You know, I'm excited for it, and I think that it's. Uh, I like animation movies. I think you are. You do too. And animation yeah. people that shit on it and they're like, "Oh, it's for kids." Like, get the fuck out of here. Grow up. It's you know this shit's good. Yeah, let me watch my super pets in peace like an adult. <laughs> exactly. I want to watch my crypto, the super dog, and Ace the bat hound. <laughs> but um, that's about it, man. Um. All right, yeah, I guess uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, it was a great episode, so thank you guys for listening. And stay tuned, because we're going to be talking a lot about San Diego Comic-Con in the next couple of days. Right. Peace.